the face of mercy. We're following on C.S. Lewis's trail when he says, how shall we stand before God face to face until we have faces? And we're talking about growing the face of our church. The theology of the church says that we're the visible body of Jesus Christ in society. That means for some, the only Bible that people read is the kindness on your face, the true witness they receive to you, hence the membership vow where you support this church with your presence, your prayers, your gifts, your service, and witness. We witness so people can come to us, a door open to the church, the face of mercy. I remember thinking about the teaching that one gentleman did who said, grace is when you get something you don't deserve, but mercy is when you don't get something you do deserve. You see, we were separated in our sin and unrighteousness. The Bible used the metaphor, all we, like sheep, had gone astray. We had turned, each and every one, to his own way. Now, when the Bible says the wages of sin is death, and the Bible says that all will stand before God face to face, that's kind of intimidating. I remember when I was uh, interviewing, they asked me to uh, fly down to Mississippi and interview to be the president of the seminary. And, and one of the questions on the interview was, did you ever have a sin or anything in your life that you'd think was like a skeleton in the closet? And I almost <coughs> choked on that question. I said, no, I don't have a skeleton. A graveyard, probably. <laughs> Got a graveyard. How does a human being answer a question like that, knowing all that the Word of God says that... Uh, corresponds to Charles Wesley's hymn when he said, false and full of sin I am. But thou art all righteousness. Christ comes to us, the unworthy, in mercy. It's an amazing thing. And so we're thinking today about God meeting us at the place where we feel our guilt, our sinfulness, our unrighteousness. In the second service, we sang a song with a contemporary band, and it said, in my failures, you won't walk out. The good news of the gospel today is God is a merciful God. Now, I told this story once before, but nobody remembers it, so I'm going to tell it again. No, the good news is in all these seasons, once in a while, something comes up, and I want to drive it back home. You know, that way you get two or three points. And if Jesus could repeat himself, so can I. And so here we go. I'm going to tell this story about the day the youth group came and got me to take me to the water slide. That was bad news. And one reason why it was bad news is because I'm scared to death of heights. And man, I mean, you remember that song, We're Climbing Jacob's Louder? That's the way it is on that top water slide thing. Every round goes higher, higher. Man, I'm, I'm like, you know when you're, 
in your head. If you, anybody here have what I have, you know, you get up there and you feel like you're falling over. I looked off the Empire State Building and thought I was going to do a backflip into the middle of Broadway there, you know. And uh, it's just, it, it, it gets me, you know. It's, it's like vertigo, too much vertigo. So if I get to the edge, here we go, I'm going over. So I'm up there, you know, like this. And we waited. That line was so long. But the kids, you know, how could I? I wasn't going to tell them I'm afraid. You don't ever reveal fears to the youth group. That's the first thing about youth ministry. Whoever did anything in youth ministry, raise your hand, right? Lloyd's of London shouldn't ensure youth ministers, right? I had honey and feathers put in my sleeping bag so I couldn't sleep at night. It worked. It worked. I didn't sleep a wink, you know. Held under the swimming pool. They call that fellowship in youth ministry. I mean, every kind of thing under the world, fellowship, fellowship. Well, the fellowship line was about over. I went higher and higher and higher, and I get to the top, and this, this one little girl, junior in high school, petite thing she was, she got this two-seat inner tube. She laid it down. She sat up front, and she said, come on, Rev, you go down with me. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know that. That's death and destruction. You can't hit the bottom with a guy my size ready to roll over you. That's death. And I told Doreen, I said, you better go down with her. I'm going to kill that little girl. And she said, no, no, she wants you, you know. Bless my wife's heart. So I said, Lisa, you better let me sit up front. I, I just don't like thinking about what could happen if I'm on the back. And so there I go down the water slide. And there's this little trickle of water that makes you go faster and faster, right? And you know preachers don't exaggerate. Even though there's water under it, I'm going so fast, my end of the inner tube is smoking. You know, no contemporary worship for me. I was singing near my God to thee. All four verses from the hymnal. I don't know who designs water slides. But I have to confess, before I take communion this morning, I've got a problem with them. Because there I go. You know they say in preaching class, you're supposed to do mental imaging so the people can get the image. Have you ever seen a rhino slide down a garden hose? That's what we're after today. And I'm down there at light speed, and they get me on a loop-de-loo upside down, and man, I hit the water. That was devastating. Do you know I hit the water so hard that it came in every open orifice in my face? It's not really funny. It hurts to cry backwards. I never knew it till that day. But man, I hit it. And I'm like spitting and sputtering and, and, and just kind of coming back to my senses. And I come up and I'm backwards facing the water slide. This is the truth. I'm preaching as gospel this morning. Here comes a woman bigger than me on this inner tube right there. And I'm right here. And we had what the social scientists called nonverbal communication. She looked at me and said, I don't know who you are, but if you don't get out of my way, I'm going to tear your head off. And I looked at her nonverbally, said, I believe you. And I ducked. That didn't work. As a matter of fact, it was a horrible outcome. Her big toe went right in my mouth like this. That is an ugly thing, you know, right there. And, uh, 
and I don't know what she thought I was doing on the end of that toe, but she hated it because she took her other foot and kicked me, bam, right in the face. So it, it cut my nose and lip, and I'm bleeding, and she kicked another time and got me out of wind, and now I am on the bottom of the cement pond, as Granny Clampett would say. I'm bleeding, and so I push back up, but she's over top with this big inner tube, and it's completely filled, and uh, I don't know where I hit her, but she sent me down a second time. <laughs> now, I'm just no Millville boy. I didn't like getting sent down a second time. I couldn't get to the top, and you know what I did? Pastor Gary, Pastor Bruce, I'm confessing this to you as brethren of the cloth. I violated the pastor's code of ethics because I couldn't get to the top and I was dying, so I just reached up and pinched. <laughs> Man, she come out of that inner tube, I mean it. And she, she got mad and stomped right up there to the top, and she turned to the guy, there's my whole youth group on the boardwalk, and they, she said, there's a pervert in the swimming pool. <laughs> That was a bad day of ministry right there. A bad day. Now, I was supposed to speak in the great auditorium on the music pier of Ocean City that evening. And as I'm preparing my heart in my room, I feel the Spirit say, I want you to tell that water slide story. What happened today? And I'm thinking, Lord, what's the point? And the Lord said to me, I want you to tell all those young people in Ocean City that it makes a big difference in life who's over you. You get it? Do you know as people we let everything over us sometimes and it kills us? I'm not going to go through the litany of the list. But I want you to hear the good news of the Word of God this morning. I'm going to quote to you the father of Methodism's favorite verse, most quoted verse in all of his sermons. His mercy is over all his works. You see what's over you as you come to the communion table today is a God who says, I'm not giving you what you would deserve in sin and unrighteousness. I'm going to put something over you. My mercy is over all my works. Listen, that's good news, brother and sister. Some of you come in beat up from the world. You're beat up with a family member that doesn't know Jesus, and you've tried at your wit's end, and you don't know which way to go, and you feel like you've failed. You're beat up at work. You can be beat up in a number of different ways because this world is no friend of grace. But you know what God says? Come on in. The one that comes to me, I'm never going to turn away. His mercy is over all his works. You don't get what you deserve. You get what God wants you to get. Forgiveness, love, a new life, a face where we receive the things of God because God is love. His mercy is over all His works. You know what I want you to do for victory in your life? Practical preaching. I want you to go home. And at the place you feel you're being defeated, I want you to say God's mercy 
is over all of his works, and I'm one of those. When you're in that stressful place where unkind words have been said, I just want you to breathe a prayer inside. God's mercy is over all his works. At that place where you're not winning, but you're losing, and instead of being on top of the mountain, you feel like the mountain is on top of you. I want you to say, God's mercy is over all of his works. Point one, his mercy is over all his works. Point two, his mercy, his mercies are new every morning. You know why that's important? Some of you in this service have been coming for years and years and years. You feel like maybe you can get stale in your Christian life. You've been there, you've done that, you heard that, you sung that. It's all of these things. One more special offering, that's 999 in the last couple of years. And you've been all of those things. But you know what? God has something new for you today. Why? Because his mercies are new every morning. And his mercy is over everything. Point three, when you live in that mercy and receive it and believe it for yourself, you have to give it away. You've got to be merciful to others. Hear the words of our Lord from his first sermon in Scripture, Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy. You see, the scripture says, to whom much is given, more will be given. To him who has little, even that will be taken away. So when you're merciful, and you've received the rich mercies of Christ, and you're giving them away, your face is a face of mercy to the world around you. They might deserve every kind of everything, but God didn't do it to you. He gave you mercy, so you're going to give mercy away. And when you do, God says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. As you come to communion today, it's a merciful God that you meet. His mercy is over everything you bring. And His mercy is freshen up the day because it's new for you this very day. And when you receive it and give it away, you get more and more and more and more. God's loving kindness, a God that would give mercy, it lasts forever, Psalm 117 says. His mercy is over all his works. Why? Because it makes a big difference who's over you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.